Good morning. Thank you for joining me once again as we continue this devotional series that uh, I have called From Unbelief uh, to Belief. Again, a, a project that is designed both to encourage the believer in their walk, but also to provide a, a resource, whether you would directly uh, ask somebody to take a look or a listen to these things, or whether uh, it would provide you the information uh, that you could uh, synthesize and summarize and utilize uh, for the sake of sharing the gospel with a family member or friend. And so we're answering the question, what is the gospel? And I would ask you, if you've got a Bible and it's a good time to do it, uh, grab that Bible and open it to the Gospel of John chapter 1. And uh, yesterday we looked at John 3.16 and a uh, very familiar uh, text. And um, this text is familiar to many. Uh, the Gospel of John chapter 1 verse 14. And we're kind of working backwards from 3 uh, to verse 14 of chapter 1. And then we're going to look at the first five verses of chapter 1 uh, tomorrow. But in answering the question, what is the gospel? And we've emphasized that at least uh, for probably these next few days, uh, what we're uh, thinking in terms of is what God has done in and through or by uh, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, uh, uh, there's a sense where Jesus is the good news. Now again, that's we, there's plenty more to say, uh, but we must really uh, begin, if we're going to understand what the gospel is, and in some sense what the gospel is not, uh, then we've got to think about um, who Jesus is and how he actually accomplished uh, redemption or reconciliation or all of these words uh, that are certainly important biblical and, and gospel words, uh, but it, the accomplishment is rooted in the identity of Jesus Christ. So John says this, and, and again, this first chapter is, is fairly complicated, and um, uh, rightly so, uh, that at, at times... Uh, understanding biblical truth is, is a difficult process. It, it requ requires some effort. Uh, but uh, here in verse 14 of John 1, John wrote, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And so uh, tomorrow we're going to look at what the Word is referring to. Uh, that is the, the, the eternal one uh, who previously was not incarnate, was not a man, uh, was uh, uh, purely God and solely uh, God, or all he was was God uh, uh, as one person in the Trinity. We often refer to Jesus as the second person of the Trinity. He is the eternal God. He is uh, uh, uncreated. He is uh uh, never had a beginning, and it will never have an end. Uh, the one that uh, is eternal took on humanity. He became a man, and a man that actually lived among other men, uh, fully experiencing uh, all of the um, ramifications of a fallen world, except that he was not uh, indwelled or possessed by a sinful nature. He had an upright human nature. Uh, the corruption of Adam's sin had not passed 
to him uh, because he was conceived of the Holy Spirit uh, in the womb of the virgin. Uh, so therefore, he could be fully man. Uh, he would escape the, the corruption associated uh, with Adam, but he could uh, fully identify with man. He understood the, uh, the realities of the human uh, condition, uh, but that he could uh, come and be our representative and be our substitute uh, there uh, on, on the cross. And so Jesus came and, again, didn't live in ivory towers, didn't live apart, didn't say, listen, I'm here, but don't disturb me. I'm going to go out here and uh, live at my beach estate or my mountaintop estate, and I'm, I don't want anything to do with all the messiness of the world. No, he came and lived right in the middle of us, and he, while he never sinned, he was sinned against. Uh, whether it was family or whether it was friends or whether it was those that, uh, that would be characterized as enemies. He knew what it was to be afflicted by the sin of, of others and to be pressed upon by the great evil of our world. And so John's testimony is that in the one, the Word that became flesh, they saw the very glory of God. And there's a sense where that's really literally true. There's an event uh, known as the Transfiguration, uh, where they get a glimpse of something of the pre-incarnate glory of the Lord Jesus Christ as he appears to them uh, with Moses and Elijah. And so, but I think it's more than just seeing this, this great uh, uh, kind of Shekinah glorious type uh, uh, depiction of the Lord Jesus Christ. They saw uh, the great realities of God's grace, His great love, His kindness, His gentleness, and the realities of truth perfected, perfectly revealed, perfectly displayed, perfectly enacted. That, in a sense, may be, have been more glorious than the visible Shekinah glory that they saw uh, at the Mount of Transfiguration. And so uh, they experienced the very realities of the glorious God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the life, in the works of the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, being fully perfected, fully consummated in his uh, obedience to the law, his substitutionary death on the cross, his resurrection from the dead, even his ascension to the right hand of the Father. And so God came down. He dwelled with us for the sake of the gospel. So again, the gospel is rooted in a person, and that person's name is Jesus Christ. So I pray that this is a blessing to your day, and I look forward to seeing you once again tomorrow.